Ashton and Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Auction Community Studios. Gang is all here. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jarrett Carlin taking you up until uh, 10 o'clock. We touched on this yesterday, Bick. Uh, the piece by Shams Jarania in The Athletic, uh, given the latest on the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, the derby to get this guy, how many teams are getting involved. He had details of an offer from the Atlanta Hawks uh, and uh, some news that the Memphis Grizzlies are getting uh, interested in the Kevin Durant uh, pursuit. But a paragraph in that article reads, the Phoenix Suns similarly, see how I did that, have dangled nice. a package around all defensive wing Mikel Bridges and a handful of first round picks, which has not picked up any steam with the Nets, league sources said. With DeAndre Ayton signed to a four-year maximum contract and unable to be moved until January. Phoenix has attempted over the past month to make creative proposals to Brooklyn, possibly via three or four team trades where an all-star caliber player goes to the Nets. But the Suns have yet to find a suitable deal, and that is largely why they appear to be behind Boston, Toronto, and Miami in the Durant sweepstakes. As we pointed out yesterday, this is the first real concrete reporting of, hey, the Suns have offered Mikel Bridges as part of this deal for Kevin Durant. Now you ask yourself, because it still appears that there's so many hurdles for the Suns to cross to make this happen, so many impediments in the way, it's likely it doesn't happen. So now, what happens with Mikel Bridges? What happens with DeAndre Ayton when this season starts uh, and they're back? I don't, I I mean, Mikel Bridges tweeted yesterday, I'm sitting here watching just like y'all, LOL. I mean, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean what we think it means, but right after that that piece comes out on the athletic, that I, that's the tweet. I think it does. I, I think that's I think what so it means. Too. And and this is the risk that you run, and you you risk running and and hurting not just the chemistry because I think the chemistry might be a little bit of a mess anyways right now, but in terms of just taking a guy that's just got this beautiful attitude about everything and and souring him on Phoenix that you, you would really not want that to happen so I, I I would hope on some level James Jones would have picked up the phone and called Mikhail and just said listen man don't believe everything you're hearing um, Kevin Durant is in play and we'd be stupid to not consider it but you know we love you you would hope there'd be a little of that done preemptive to, to keep this from becoming an issue because we know what happened the minute that the Celtics emerged as a contestant Tender for Kevin Durant, you saw Jalen Brown's reaction. Mm-hmm. He was not happy. The SMH on Twitter, and, and they're coming out of a magical season like the Suns had two years ago. Surprise trip to the finals, great team chemistry, future right there, and his bright future right there in front of them, and now Kevin Durant is looming over them. Um, I, I worry about that because it, I, I think the goofiness of Mikhail Bridges and, and his ability to share who he is so openly with people is is part of the magic of him. Yeah, and on Mikhail Bridges' Twitter account, if you go to his, his page, on August 20th, 2020, the Phoenix Suns tweeted a picture of him hugging, I believe, his mom on, on draft night that said, we just so happen to be a fan of the 10th pick. <laughs> Mikhail Bridges quote tweeted that the same day and said, I don't ever want to leave. Yeah. And that's been pinned to the top of his account ever right. since. Right. So two years. Yeah. Two years. Almost two years to the day. Yeah. So, and, and there's I, there's a lot of Suns fans, you know this, because you, you monitor them and, and, and you hear from them as well, who, who want this team to walk away from all of this, to, to just to, to commit to having this core group that you've got in front of you. 
And it's, I, uh, again, I don't know if that's plausible. I think it's a very complicated situation, especially if Chris Paul and Devin Booker really want to align themselves with Kevin Durant. And, and if you're Chris Paul, why wouldn't you? Why, why, why wouldn't you want to do that? So I, I think it's a, I think it's a complicated issue. And I think it's going to take some navigating for this basketball team going forward. Um, I heard Wolf and Luke talk about yesterday that, you know, had, DeAndre Ayton not been signed to an offer sheet, if he was still dangling out there without a contract, it, it might be a lot easier to trade him right now. I, I guess conceivably that's true, but the Nets didn't want him anyways. So it would be easier to put him in a three-way well, trade that is for true, somebody who did but, want him. But again, but then, but then the, having to pay DeAndre Ayton is a thing. So it's not as clean cut. And the fact that the Suns are rumored to be trying to be creative with this right here and now tells you a couple different things. It tells you that A, they really do want to make this happen for Kevin Durant. And B, if there's all this flurry that's happening now, I think that lends credence to the fact that the Nets know they cannot bring Kevin Durant to training camp. That they have to trade him now. Or the before, before of, the start of training camp. Latest reporting out of Brooklyn, though, on a different player, but they're letting teams know that they're not ready to get rid of Kyrie Irving yet either. Is that a ploy? I, I mean, the, the Nets in all of this are obviously, and I'm not breaking news here, they're the linchpin, mm-hmm. but you really have to question what they're doing right now. But well, the difference between Kyrie and Kevin Durant is every week a different team is being leaked that is interested in Kevin Durant. Now, last week it was Boston. This week it's Memphis. It's it's the week before that it was Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So every week you're hearing about somebody different that's interested in a different package. Mm-hmm. With Kyrie, it was essentially like he wants to go to the Lakers and that's it. And we haven't heard anything else since then. Any other teams? The fact that there's continuing to be teams leaked to me makes me think that the Nets the Nets are still the Nets. The Nets are still at least like. Interested in moving him? If the net, if the they net- have to move him, I, I again, I, I just, I'm not moving off of this. I, t- to me, if when when you do what he did, you can't do that to Sean Marks and Steve Nash. You cannot put them through the distractions and all the garbage that would come with expecting and calling Kevin Durant's bluff. You can't do it. You just can't. That's my opinion. But Kevin Durant had been empowered by the Brooklyn organization to such a degree that he had a say in in getting Kenny Atkinson fired. A guy, by the way, who he never played a game under. He sat on the bench while Kenny Atkinson coached. They did that. They go out, you know. They they form this super team. They they pursue James Harden. They make the deal uh, for Ben Simmons. Kevin Durant had his hands in all of that. And now he's really trying to flex his power, and they're going to yeah. say, "Nope, enough is enough. We've empowered you. We've created a monster. We can't do it." Yeah, anymore. we're not. We, we give us the wheel. We're driving. And then you're, you're pull over. We're driving. You're hitching your wagon to two unknown quantities. I mean, is Sean Marks a good GM? I have no idea. Is Steve Nash a good coach? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean. I, listen, I'm with you. I, and if, if he had just asked for one, I think he would get it. But the idea that that the idea yeah, Steve Nash would walk away if if Kevin Durant went to Joe Sy and said, "Listen, change these sub these guys out, and I'll I'll play basketball for you." I'm sure you could find a way to make that happen. That would be the cleanest solution. But I, I don't think you can if 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 you really believe in Sean Marks and Steve Nash. It, <laughs> 
that's a bad look to fire these guys it who is. gave Kevin Durant everything he Although wanted. They're in a bad situation. Uh, I uh, I admit that, but it doesn't uh, seem... I mean, again, we're based, basing it all on rumors and what's being reported leaked out there, but it doesn't seem like they have any path out. I So so the, the bottom line is you hope Mikhail... <laughs> I don't know. But, it, 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 would, it would be a hard – this this might be harder for the Valley than you dealing with Jeff Hornacek leaving, watching Mikhail Bridges go bye-bye. Honestly, it was – You were a Jeff Hornacek dork? I was, but, you know, once I saw what the team looked like, I got over it pretty quick. What a dork. I'll be Team Horny. What a dork. Team Horny. What a dork. Amen. And we, we – we, <laughs> I'll mention this next time we, we get into it. No, go ahead, Jared. No, 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 no. That's fine. We got a break. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, like, it depends how, how many pieces are moved. Because if it's all of a sudden it's Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder, and it's the core of this team that the Valley fell in love with, that the Valley saw had chemistry and fun, then you're just rooting for the laundry, as you're saying. And yes, it's a super team, and yes, they're going to be good, but part Different. of the reason oh, everybody yeah. Oh, yeah. Really fell in love with the Suns over the last few years mm-hmm. is because of the players. Yeah, no, it, without a doubt. No, but I don't totally agree with that. You don't? Garrett? No. You think it's just because they're good? Yes! <laughs> I don't. I, I, I think... It, I, I'm sure being really good has something to do with it, but I, I do think the the connectivity, the the availability if of this, this team same is. Group is, won 34 games. I last know, year, I know. Nobody would care. Well, they Just wouldn't be like, they, if they won 34 games and danced the way they do. They'd be the laughing stock of the NBA. I'm just thinking of you know the Mikel Bridges memes of his face and oh, Cam Johnson lemonade the goofiness, yeah. and, and Jay Crowder, you know salsa dancing and the FJ Crowder shirts, like all the stuff yeah. that the Valley just like connected with. Mm-hmm. But that feels all the more charming because the Suns were of course, so good. Of course, of course. Yeah, but, and we thought it was going to end in a championship. But that's, we've, but, that's we've, why. but we've got the ongoing weirdness with DA who, as Vinny has pointed out, signed a contract. There's been no media availability for him. The guy who's most friendly with the media of anybody. The Jay Crowder tweet about wanting a new opportunity. We didn't even talk about the second part of that. There was another uh, social media photo, black and white photo of him. In, the, in a Miami Heat jersey? No, it was. I think he had a Suns logo on, and he he yeah, yeah. airbrushed over the Suns. No, logo. it was a, it was an Instagram oh, story, was it? Yeah, okay. and, and really, it, it was actually a video, and it was yeah, his Suns oh, logo boy. on his shirt was blurred out. <laughs> you know what? Maybe blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over the place. Hey, listen, I, I I think the Suns are inclined to do it. Jerry, what, what are you doing? You want that's us to break, Jerry? To, that's <laughs> why I want to bring up a new point with 30 seconds to break. <laughs> Shut up, Jared! <laughs> Go to break, Jared! Go to break! You're the guy with all the buttons back there. Go to break! Just shut off our mics and go to break! 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Dan Dickley, Vince Morata. Dickley and Morata mornings. You happy now, Jarrett? <laughs> this is Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. 
Thought this was very interesting. Uh, earlier this week, actually, uh, yesterday morning, ESPN.com released a, a piece that they did called Quarterback Council 2022, ranking the top 10 quarterbacks in all these different categories, qualities that make up an NFL quarterback. The uh, categories, arm strength, accuracy, touch, mechanics, field vision, decision-making, compete level, toughness, in the pocket, scrambling, rushing, and second reaction. Okay. Um, so, you you know, as... as uh, somebody follows the Arizona Cardinals, you look to see, hey, they've got their franchise quarterback mm-hmm. all locked up. Where does Kyler Murray rank in these categories? Um, and the answer is he doesn't rank in all of them. In fact, there are one, two, three, four, five, six categories that I just mentioned where Kyler Murray did not land in the top ten, according to this panel of experts, which was made up of Matt Bowen, Tim Hasselbeck, Mina Kimes, Matt Miller, Jordan Reed, Lewis Riddick, Mike Tannenbaum, Seth Walderfield Yates, and uh, two guys from Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz and uh, Derek Klassen. Um, Not surprisingly, Kyler Murray's highest ranking, Mm -hmm. third in scrambling, behind only Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Okay. I think I well, yeah, no, that's that that's good. That, that's legit. That's legit. I think he's more elusive than Josh Allen, but he doesn't he doesn't put his face in it the way Josh Allen does. Or Lamar Jackson. Or Lamar Jackson. Uh, the other running category okay. was uh designed run ability. Mm-hmm. He came in fourth in, in the voting there behind Jackson Allen and Jalen Hurts. Okay. Which I could see. Okay. Um, the the big ones, arm strength and accuracy, he was seventh in both of those categories. Tenth in touch, fourth, uh, uh, seventh in uh, second reaction ability. He did not land in the top ten in mechanics, field vision, decision-making, compete level, toughness, or pocket presence. Which is yeah. kind of an uh-oh. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I I agree with all of that, that except for mechanics. Right. I, well, I think his mechanics are really good. There are people who rave about his mechanics. I, I don't know what what issue do they have with him with mechanics. Does it say? Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't go into that. Okay. Detail on, on that particular okay. piece. Okay. The only one where Kyler Murray didn't even receive votes. Mm-hmm. Field vision. Which, yes, you look in in the traditional passing game, sometimes he just doesn't see a defender. Uh, We've seen, you know, not a lot, but some bad picks. But then, you know, field vision to me also bleeds into that second reaction ability. Okay, you drop back to pass, you're flushed out of the pocket, you're scrambling. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff that he sees down the field, I think, is elite, and that is field vision. Go back to the play against Minnesota last year. He's rushed by two defenders, spins out of it, uh, rolls to his left and finds Rondale Moore standing all by himself. You don't do that without field vision, so Mm -hmm. I I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, um, I think a lot of it is is probably the uh, maybe a little bit of a bias about his size that he doesn't necessarily see all over the field. There are not a lot of straight down the seam routes. There's not a lot of guys hitting crossing patterns. It's a lot of on the edge kind of stuff or behind the line of scrimmage stuff. I think that kind of speaks to the belief that he does not see everything the way a six foot four quarterback might, mm-hmm. if you will. How many categories was that? You said five different ones. He's out of the top ten? Six. Six. Of those six, which is the most concerning if he's really, truly not in the top ten of any of those? 
for me, it's pocket presence. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, I mean, we that, talked. We had an earlier discussion about you know where he needs to improve, where where you feel he needs to improve the most, and that's just that comfort. Um, you know, the ability to step up in the pocket when he's got some some mess around him on the mm-hmm. edges, just to step up, give himself a little bit of a cleaner look, as opposed to that first reaction always being to spin out and and try to run and, and make a play out on the edges. Yeah, that keep, that to me is the big one. Yeah, to, st- to stand in the pocket and keep your eyes downfield, you've got to you've got to have a special set to do that. You do I mean you just do. And and he Kyler Murray doesn't strike me um as as afraid that way, but he 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 strikes me as skittish. That if if the first if he immediately doesn't like what he sees and the patterns developing, he, he's getting out. He's he's getting out into a, a safer space in his head. And also a lifetime of playing football and being able to scramble Without so well affects that. You don't, you know, you're you're not trained to stay in the pocket a lot longer because you make such great plays when you get out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Um, here, I'll, I'll quiz you guys on these categories. little impromptu pop quiz. Mm. Have you seen this piece? No. Okay, no, 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 no. Who would you say was number one in arm strength on this panel? Uh, Josh Allen, Matthew yeah. Stav- Stafford. Josh Allen, number one. Okay. Uh, accuracy. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Okay. Touch. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes. He was third. There's two guys tied for first in the voting. The obvious ones. Rodgers and Brady. Okay. Uh, yeah, Brady's really good at that. Mechanics. Brady. Brady's number one yeah. there. Field vision. Field vision. Yes. I don't know. Brady again? Brady again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Decision making with the football. Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Brady. Rodgers. Brady too. Right. Okay. Uh, compete level. Stafford. He was sixth. Sixth? Brady's number one on this too. Okay. Maybe we're answering the question on why he's still playing. Yeah. <laughs> Toughness. That's Matthew Stafford. It's got to be. He's fourth. <laughs> I got Josh Allen number one. Uh, he's uh, that's not bad. Uh, and Lamar Jackson too. Pocket presence, Brady, mm-hmm. scrambling Jackson, design runability Jackson. Where was Russell? Where's Wilson? Deshaun Watson on the oops? Well, where was Russell Wilson? Because he didn't mention him as any of the ones. In the... <laughs> Did you say that touch list was <laughs> right? Right. It said touch, not being touched. Oh, mm. good, 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 good. <laughs> A thousand hands all over. Oh, that's Aaron Rodgers. I forgot. That's right. I don't think uh, Deshaun Watson's ancestors were massaging him. (laughs) No, what I was saying was, Russell, because you didn't mention his name on the uh, scrambling or the design run one. Uh, Let's see here. Designed run. Wilson was not in the top ten. Scrambling, he was ninth. So how is that possible? Has he fallen that far? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, who is yeah. deadly at, at, at scrambling and out of the pocket and making plays. There's some there's some slight going on on Russell Wilson. I got to be honest. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be the year that Russell Wilson gets some MVP votes. I, I really, honestly do. I finally? see this. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, people are really sleeping on him a little bit. There's no doubt about it. Well, and. <laughs> The impact that he can have on a new team that has some pieces that are ready to win. Where did uh, where did Joe Burrow rank on Vision? By the way, did you just see that big piece that they did on him? Uh, fourth, behind okay. Brady, Rogers, and Mahomes. Where did okay. Tom Brady rank on scrambling and design runs? 
<laughs> hey, if it's uh, where did design, Tom? Yeah, design run like uh, first and goal from the one yard line. I, I mean, if that's a category, he'd be pretty close to the. Where top did of Tom that Brady list. rank on authentic hair color? <laughs> now, Aaron Rodgers, thirty second there on that one. Aaron Rodgers ranked very high on design runs in the sense that he gave himself diarrhea for a week. That one. <laughs> Well, I can't believe you didn't pigeonhole that for Friday. I did. It's only Tuesday. Sometimes I wait till Wednesday to. <laughs> Is to that hold the cutoff off date? It. Yeah. If okay. we're on Monday and Got Tuesday, it. I'll let Got them it. fly. Yeah. Okay. Free reign. My microphone is falling, and I can't. And it can't. Uh oh, that's oh, happened no. to me before. Listen, listen, Sarah has an ad for you at the end of the show. <laughs> Let me tell you about Camelback Medical Clinic real quick. Wow, wow! I think we're too. We're one. You'll day get that microphone the, up and working in no time. We're one day early on the shenanigans today. <laughs> uh, coming up, the big stories wow. of the day. The Rush Hour reboot is next. It's quickly a Murata mornings, ninety-eight-seven FM. Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Emirata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. So great to have you all with us as you commute to work. You take your kids to school. You're just out on a little joyride, even though gas is way too expensive to be doing that right now. Oh, it's plummeting in, in price. You want to pay for my next tank? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Jared. Consider it a treat. I'm Sarah Cazell taking you through the top stories of the day. So generous, Jared Carlin. With Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Murata. What's up, Doc? Can we rock? Is that what you had for me yesterday? It is. Thank you. That was worth the wait. (laughs) You know who that was? No. Shaquille O'Neal with Fushnickens. Come on. Oh, shoot. Was it really? Yes. Fushnickens. Oh, Schnickens. And then Jarrett Carlin, what do you have for us? Why is Alex Avila playing today? Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) that takes me back. All right, let's can we edit in, back. Can we edit in Cooper Hummel or Jordan Luplo into that now? <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> All right, let's start out with a trade by the Arizona Cardinals. Yesterday, the team announced that they traded for offensive lineman Cody Ford, who comes to the Valley from the Buffalo Bills. The Cardinals will send back a fifth-round draft pick for 2023. Now, Ford is a former teammate, college teammate of Kyler Murray's at Oklahoma, so we've got the uh, Sooner contingent here in the Valley now with Kyler. Cody Ford and Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, Now, if you look at coverage of this trade from Buffalo's perspective, this definitely seems like a win for them, not for the Cardinals. A lot of talk of a, quote, fresh start for Cody Ford, needing a change of scenery, lots of ups and downs. And then the GM, Brandon Bean, uh, is getting high praise for knowing when to cut his losses. Uh, CBS Sports gave the Cardinals a C-minus trade, or C-minus grade, I should say, for this trade. So, guys, we don't really know what role Cody Ford is expected to fill for the Cardinals, but based on what we do know about this trade, what do you think about this addition? 
It's um, it, it strikes me as odd. It really does. It, it, when the trade first went down, some of the more homerish people in the valley, what a steal by the Cardinals! And then, as Vinny pointed out, the uh, the analytics on this guy are not very good, and so you just wonder if this is an emergency plan for something that's not for something that's a miss on the offensive line. Whether it's Rodney Hudson and his commitment to playing football, whether it's Will Hernandez and, and his current level of health, I doubt you give up a fifth round draft pick for depth yeah. when you have clear needs on the other side of the football. Just strange is my reaction. Yeah, yeah it led to immediate concerns that I had with other members of the offensive line. We'll get into it a little bit later on again, but you know, my biggest concern is is this somehow related to Rodney Hudson's decision to come back? Was he wavering on that decision? Uh, do you need to put Justin Pugh at center and you need guard depth now? Um, those are the questions that I had. Um, but we'll see. Uh, if it is just a change of scenery thing, if it is for depth, you know, do I agree with trading a fifth round pick for for depth? No. Uh, we had a listener point out on Twitter that the Cardinals are going to get some compensatory picks. The problem with compensatory picks is you can't spend them right now because they haven't been issued and they still yeah, need a right, corner. So right. you, you you miss on a little bit of uh, of draft capital that you could use for a, for a quick fix. That's now. to me. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. So you guys both mentioned Rodney Hudson and some question marks around his future potentially with the Cardinals. Uh, of these three guys, whose future in Arizona are you most concerned about? Rodney Hudson and if he's going to play this year, Marcus Golden, whom we are assuming is holding in, or Zaven Collins because Zaven Collins. Um, most concerned? Yes. Probably most concerned about Zaven right now. Yeah, it's in a close second. Yeah, it's. I think most concerned about Zayvon Collins. I think I'm leaning that way only because we don't know enough about Rodney Hudson to feel alarmed at the moment. Um, but Zayvon Collins really has never given the team anything, so there's nothing really to miss. Whereas Rodney Hudson's a very, very vital piece of that offensive yeah. line. I, I, I think for now the answer is Zayvon Collins. Temporarily. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. Okay. Let's go to college football now. I'm sure you guys saw ASU players, football players, flooded social media yesterday afternoon with the announcement of the Tempe NIL Club. Did you guys see this? I did see I it. I did. Okay, so if you pay a monthly membership fee, whatever you decide you want to contribute on a monthly basis, you are given direct access to ASU football players with video meet and greets, um, a message board, video content created specifically by the players for the members of this group. Uh, this is in addition to the previous Sun Angel Collective that launched about a month ago, uh, another NIL group here for ASU football players or ASU athletes in general. What do you guys think about this new system announced yesterday? I just I struggle with why it's not why the university just gets a pass. They've got how many hundreds of thousands of people as students? Right. Ain't cheap, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you would Where's know. that money going, by the way? To improvements. On? To the university. Oh. And apparently, new new tan football jerseys. Okay, I. I <laughs> <laughs> there it is. 
Listen, I, I, I so my thoughts on this are good luck with this. I, I, I think that in a market like this, trying to drum up interest in largely anonymous college athletes on a football team in which all these guys just roll through a transfer portal, I, I don't know what kind of broad-based support you're going to get. I'm sure the diehards are going to be, yeah. you know. I, I had one of the one of their uh, one of the alumni I talk to frequently told me just yesterday I'm no longer on the train I'm on the hand cart you know that thing you're on the on the thrill <laughs> exactly right that thing it's no yeah. longer <laughs> right so I don't I, I good luck I I hope it I hope it helps I hope it works I, I, I give them I give them. All the credit in the world for being innovative, but yes. I've got a lot of doubt whether it's going to raise anything significant. I'm on the train. Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, came out and said he foresees a time not only where the Big Ten is going to get up to over 20 teams, but where they're just going to pay their athletes. Right. That's where this needs to go. I, I'm yeah, I'm so torn on this because you know ASU athletes deserve what everybody else is getting. It seems like ASU athletes are having to work a little harder to get yes. those and. They're the ones that are the front-facing people. Hey, yeah. come on, pay the athletes. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. But that, again, with NIL being part of the picture, we're in a city now with four prof- major league professional sports teams and, and sports teams in every niche sport you can think of, and mm-hmm. ASU is struggling to find its place right now. If NIL came around in 1978, these guys would be cleaning up. Right. It, 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 I, I, just, I don't know. It, I don't know if it's the best look to have the athletes Same. doing the show. I agree with that. I'm on the train. That is, I don't know if I've missed it just because I don't have my finger on the pulse of every single college football program in the country. Uh, But this is the only program I've seen, ASU, that's had its players just flat out ask on social media, hey, do you guys, do you want to give $25 a month? Yeah. Do you want to give, because that's the thing. We'll do Zoom calls with you. Yeah. This this Tempe NIL club is really for the everyday fan, the every person who wants to support however they can. Yeah. Um, Right. So now you have the opportunity to give directly to student-athletes if that's what you want to do with this Tempe NIL club. And according to the website, 51 people have signed up already. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the platform that runs it keeps 18% of the proceeds. Oh. 18%. Wow. Are you kidding me? Steep fee. <laughs> but they manage everything. They help distribute the funds. They take care of the taxes. They make sure everything is above board. So you do need someone doing that. But 18%. I, I don't know. I think maybe they just approved NIL a little bit before they worked out all the details. It just seems so wonky to me. Every SMU football player is making $36,000 a year, and ASU football players are having a scrape for theirs. This is my point. Thank you, Sarah. We're all rebooted. Rush Hour reboot every morning at uh, 730. Coming up next, Aaron Rodgers asks for it. Aaron Rodgers gets it. We'll get into that and more NFL talk next. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be real about the expectations with all those guys. At the same time, hold them to a standard of what they're capable of at this time, based on those expectations that are 
realistic. So the whole key is the consistency with what's being taught. You know, the consistency with seeing improvement each day. And maybe just a reminder that every single one of those plays we're watching, whether it's ones, twos, or threes, split group, one group. And I just think there's a way of practicing that they just need to understand. Playing the specific drills, having an awareness that we're in a third down period, we're in a red zone period, we're in a two-minute period, we're in a move-the-ball period. Each one of those periods has a different uh, urgency to it and, and different little games within the game. And I just think there needs to be an understanding of that, and that's that's what some of the conversations in the, in the film sessions have been about. But uh, we just want to see improvement from those guys week to week. Darren Rogers on a topic you brought up for the first time last mm-hmm. week, expanding on it, and that is the growth of young receivers. Of course, Devontae Adams not there anymore. Uh, there is a mix of veterans, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. They've got Sammy Watkins in the fold now. Um, but he's focusing on the younger receivers. And um, there was a kind of a reaction to when you – know, maybe it's because Aaron Rodgers, whenever he says anything, it turns into a topic for the debate shows on television. But mm-hmm. there seemed to be a group of people, Bick, that had a problem with Aaron Rodgers kind of calling out his young receivers. I, I thought he did it in a, a pretty diplomatic way. He didn't- I, well, I, I think the people who might have had a problem with Aaron Rodgers – shut up, Jared. People who might have had a problem with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> are are probably the same people who think, well, dude, why, why didn't you show up to the voluntary stuff? Why why didn't you Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback? If you really wanted to get reps and grow these guys, why did you blow off the organized team activities? Which is his right as a veteran. It's It seems to be a, a growing trend in the NFL, but I think there is some of that, that if, if you knew going in that, that you were going to have to rely on these guys and grow these guys because there's no other options, then maybe you should have been there a little bit sooner for them. Okay, just a thought. There's also um, the idea that by calling them out, it's sort of an admission that that these are going to be his guys. That it's it's not it's the Packers aren't don't have the luxury of going. Uh, hey, you know what? These guys aren't ready. Let's just park them and develop them here for the season. These are the guys that that he's going to need. So I, I think both of those ideas are in play. Yeah, and uh, the the trio of young receivers that could be relied upon: Christian Watson, Amari Rogers, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Rogers did say, "Hey, Romeo, starting to gain my trust." The thing that. I've seen with him is just mentally the improvement uh, from from day to day. Yesterday we did a kind of spur of the moment adjustment in a in a period, and I told him what to do in the huddle, and it's something he's never done before. And he went out and did it perfect. And it's those little things like that that start to gain that trust and that confidence and, and get you excited about things. Now, Dobbs done a lot of really nice things, but I think the standard for him is not going to be maybe the standard for, for a normal rookie that we've had here in the past. So he brought up the issue, and look, now a week later mm-hmm. he's talking about making progress with one of those young players that wasn't called out by name. It was just a general thought. Uh, and I won't defend a lot of what Aaron Rodgers says or does, but I don't think he was in the wrong here at all. Probably it's probably going to help no. the Packers. No, I I don't think so either. That that didn't seem to me to be out of line. That no. seemed to me just some hard truths that he's telling these guys and basically basically telling them that you're you're gonna have to get better fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere in uh, the league, quarterback wise, the Carolina Panthers. Surprise, surprise! They named Banks. He gets a chance to be Banks as the starting quarterback. Obviously, Sam and I knew this day was gonna eventually come. Um, but we weren't counting down the days. We didn't know when it was going to happen or anything like that. So I just just this morning uh, was made aware that I was going to be starting and uh, saw Sam shortly after 
and he made it very clear that anything I needed in support or uh, in terms of that aspect, he was going to be there. And that just that just shows what kind of team guy he is. Um, honestly, just an unfortunate circumstance that we're both here in the same year fighting for a job, but. Um, that's the kind of guy he is. He said, whatever you need in support, he's just trying to win games, and that's the mentality we've had the whole time. So I truly, truly appreciate that, and he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, so uh, Darnold even said afterwards, hey, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a fair competition. It didn't go my way. Uh, but being a yeah. good teammate, and Baker Mayfield's the guy at the controls for Carolina. Yeah, Sam Darnold had to know that there, when the Panthers acquired Baker Mayfield, they didn't do that to acquire him as a backup. They Ooh. did that hoping that he would be the starting guy. So, uh, the, so the playing field was tilted to begin with and that's credit Sam Darnold for being a pro enough to understand that a lot of guys would get very angry about that yeah but I think the end of the road is coming pretty quickly for Sam Darnold yes yes what did they just just a year ago didn't they trade a second round pick for him though (laughs) like how just absolutely what happens when you get desperate for a quarterback man yeah and there's always that thinking hey he's talented he was a top three pick we can turn him around. We'll be the team that turns him around. Uh, how many shots does Josh Rosen get? I mean, I think you want to talk about quarterbacks that are coming to the end of the road. Did you see his stat line you ever, from the other day? You, you ever watch this guy, Jarrett? Yeah, there was. I saw conflicting headlines. There was one headline on a website that said Rosen bombs in debut with Browns. Was he that bad? Seven for twenty for eighty-eight yards. Playing against third and fourth stringers. That's not very good. I mean, Josh Rosen. Look at what the Baltimore quarterbacks did against mm-hmm. the Cardinals' third and fourth stringers. They barely threw a pass that hit the ground. <laughs> he threw Josh 13 Rosen. incomplete passes. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's what, uh, 35% completions? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, not, not very good. And by the way, Josh Dobbs actually played well uh, in, in the starting role for, for Cleveland in that game. Um, one other note, uh, we talked on this yesterday. Um, the Dana White nugget that he shared on UFC 278 that he was brokering a deal to get Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to Las Vegas before they ended up in Tampa Bay. He said, John Gruden nicks the whole thing. Uh, here's Albert Breer from SI uh, with reaction to that whole story. You know, I, I think it's sort of, I mean, indicative of how things have changed um, in the way that Brady's perceived over the last couple of years. Um, people forget how complicated it was, you know, in 2020, the idea of taking him on, because it's not just taking on Brady, acquiring Brady, it's acquiring everything that comes with him, you know, and so that meant, you know, like you have to build on his timeline, could change the way you write contracts, could change the way you draft, the way you trade, the way you, you know, sign players in free agency, it changes everything. A lot of this reaction when people hear it, it's like, whoa! Did it go that far? Did Gruden actually nix it over over money? But a lot of people are just assuming, oh, if Brady would have ended up in Vegas, they would have won the Super Bowl that year. It's not that simple. I mean, he's amazing. Let, let's let's call it like he's it great is. in the clutch. I yeah. mean, you, he's got to have a good team around him. Yeah, which in Tampa Bay he had a very yeah. good team. Oh yeah, that was loaded with loaded. veteran talent. Loaded. So yeah. there, you listen, there, and again, it's you can make a real argument, and I, I would do this, and it's it's it always sounds so disrespectful. But if you're talking about how good is Tom Brady in the here and now, there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks I would rank above Tom Brady, even though he's the acknowledged greatest of all time. whole bunch of them. I might even put Kyler Murray in front of him at this point in time. But you, but you put him in a playoff game, you put him in a playoff environment, and his ability to handle that pressure is it's, it's almost inhuman. It's better than anybody in the game. 
So you put a good team around him, and you get to the playoffs, you got a chance to win it all with him because he is going to function at an extremely high level in that environment. Yep. We are halfway through on this Tuesday. Bick will kick off the second half of the show with the Bickley Blast. That's next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.